You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. Thursday the 4th of August, Tom Stanley in for Nick today. As we look ahead, first of all, to the start of the Racing League this evening from Doncaster. We'll hear from Leona Mayer about her team, Team Yorkshire. And teams are, are very much of the essence at the moment with the Shergar Cup this weekend. We'll hear from Emma Jane Wilson, Canadian rider who's back riding at the Shergar Cup. She's won it before as well. And she's very excited to be back at Ascot. She tells us all about that later on. It's a, a huge a weekend of, of international racing between uh, the Curra with the uh, Phoenix Stakes. We've got top quality action with the Primaries de Geest in France and, of course, the Whitney at Saratoga. And we'll hear from Todd Pletcher, who has three currently in the race, including Life is Good. Uh, we start, that we is senior writer at the Racing Post, Lee Mottershead and I, with a, a look ahead to tonight's action and the domestic action this weekend. Lee, we've got the Skybet Sunday series on, on Sunday as well. And... Horses in a certain bracket competing for, for lots of prize money. That can't be a, a bad thing, but it, it does mean that those 0-90s elsewhere that don't quite offer so much prize money, are they are they just falling short numbers-wise? Have we got too much of a good thing? Oh, I think we do have too much of a good thing, Tom. And the, that phrase tends to go on, too much of a good thing leaves you wanting less. Um, and I think that is the fear for British racing. It was referenced, as you say, by Adam Waterworth. Um, when he spoke to uh, the Racing Post after Glorious Goodwood, and in response, in fact, during Glorious Goodwood, in response to these stories that came out about the the Peter Savile Group and the Peter Savile Plan that has gone to the BHA last week, and central to the the group's uh, remedies uh, for British racing, British flat racing, is that within the pyramid, the pyramid needs to be increased in size towards the bottom in terms of number of races, but reduced towards the top in reflection of the fact that we don't have as many good horses as we used to, and there are too many races for those good horses, producing uncompetitive fields and small fields, again, were one of the key problems highlighted by the Savile Group. And I think there is great logic in that theory, as I believe there is also in jump racing as well, where we have the same problems with too many races, those sort of grade two horses, making we, we have weaker races. Now, at this particular time, Tom, that has become more evident than uh, maybe ever before. We have a period where we have lots of races for these horses rated between 85 and 100 with lots of opportunities in things like the Shergar Cup, which we have on Saturday with the Racing League, which of course kicks off tonight, but with other races too. And if you looked at the entries or the decks for Saturday's races, I think the problem becomes extremely obvious. Um, the Shergar Cup, which had already had to revise its plans, they had intended to go with an increase this year of 12 runners per race. They revised that back down to 10, which had been the the previous norm. Now, at one point, it was looking dicey as decks were coming in this morning. They have two new classified races, which for a long time had only seven runners in each. They've crept up to 10 and eight, but it does mean in that eight-runner race, that won't satisfy 
the tenor requirement that helps the the competition flow along. Obviously, we've got we've got three teams of four riders, and the, the idea is that those four teams are represented uh, in every in every race. Um, the the total Ascot card has got runs of ten in one, eight in another, and then eleven in the final two handicaps. So again, those races, whilst they will get beyond ten runners they won't have the two reserves that Ascot would generally like. So I think the Shogar Cup situation could have been better, but it also could have been worse. And they'll, they'll probably be just about satisfied with what they've got. But you look at Newmarket on Saturday, they have three £25,000 naught to 100 handicaps. All those three races have only got six runners. The nursery at Newmarket on Saturday, 15 grand, seven furlong, naught to 90 nursery, has only three declared runners across that whole new market card only one race will have each way betting to three places none of the five handicaps have more than six runners haydock has a uh, 20 grand seven furlong uh, 76 to 95 handicap with only five runners an 81 to 135 grand one mile handicap with only seven runners you look at new market uh, new market's card tomorrow again desperately disappointing field sizes at Newmarket tomorrow. So we do have a major problem with not getting enough runners in these sorts of races in British racing at the moment. The Savile Group and those who are linked to it are absolutely right to make that point. That problem needs to be tackled with real urgency. Um, and the, 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 uh, the, the, the prevalence of the minute of additional sorts of races that we get through the Racing League, the Sherlock Cup and the Sky Bet Sunday series is only uh, highlighting how big a problem we've got. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned. I've hosted podcasts in the, in, in the past, Lee, about prize money and about how prize money isn't good enough. And now there's plenty of prize money with the Racing League, the Sky Bet Sunday series, etc. And I, we are finding something else to, to moan about. C- c- can you hear people saying, you know, I, you know, Racing can't do wrong for doing right here. They've, they've put better prize money on through whatever means and, and now it's affecting another part of the sport. There's something else to be negative about. Well, yeah, I, 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 I do understand that position, but there are harsh realities. If you only have a certain number of horses within a certain section of the thoroughbred population and that, that number of horses is dwindling and whilst there's... there's not the uh, there's no basis for believing that we suddenly have a greater exodus of horses to places like Hong Kong. The, the facts don't bear that out at all. But in other territories, we are losing horses, particularly to the Middle East. If that if that bunch of horses in that 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 eighty eighty five plus bracket is falling, but we're producing more races for those horses, then I, I you know I wasn't great at maths at school. But my, my basic understanding of maths would tell me that you're going to have a problem if, you, if you're creating more races with fewer horses. Um, so, yeah, and you, you can check as much money as you want at these races. But if you haven't got the horses there to run in them, you're going to have a problem. Right. It starts then tonight, the, the Racing League. And if you weren't sure about it or weren't too positive about it, here's Leona Mayer. I am very much looking forward to it. I feel like I've got the weight of the world behind me. <laughs> um, everyone seems very uh, into it, very positive. Yeah, I think I think we've got a really good team this evening. I'm, I'm very, very excited, actually. I've, I've got too excited about it. I sat watching racing yesterday, looking at all my trainers having winners, thinking we've smashed this. Julie Camacho had a 
had four winners yesterday. Roger Fowl had a win. I was thinking we've got this in the bag. <laughs> so I think what I think what I quite like is is you know when you've got a teams when when you make it teams like this right you want competition so you want yeah. to see you know however forced it is a little bit of needle right you want to see. Chapman coming out and slagging Blake and Blake coming out and saying Team Yorkshire haven't got, you know, that, that, that's yeah. what adds I into it. A, I don't think it's forced between Chapman and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's genuine rivalry, yeah. yeah. But, but, but that adds to it and that's what creates the nature of, of competition, right? So, I mean, you're out, you're, you want to win this, right? And, and you know, you're, are you going to give your team a rousing speech beforehand? There's a high chance, yeah. I mean, look, we everyone that's in it as well, don't forget, we know we're either trainers or obviously in Matt's case, you know, he was in the kind of bookmaker world and now he's on the TV. We are all competitive people, aren't we? None of us are enough laid back that we'd say we don't want to win. And I actually think that's one massive thing about the Racing League is that they're riding for places as well, don't forget. Of course, everybody wants to win, but every race... You know, you want to finish fifth instead of tenth or mm. fourth instead of eighth, you know, because it massively makes a difference. We saw last year lots of, you know, yards. They weren't having winners as such all teams, but they were creeping up the leaderboard the whole time, you know. That, I think that makes a, adds a massive note to it because it's actually jockeys riding to gain the best possible position, not if you can't win, OK. Is there a... Is there a, a one or two horses on your team that you think have got a particularly good chance or one or two riders that you think are going to do particularly well? Yeah, massively, actually. I purposely picked Dave Allen because, of course, he's got such a good rapport with the Easterby Yard and they're probably going to be my you know, main firepower. They've got the most horses. Um, I'm going to I'll give you a long list now of the horses. I do it, mind. do it. Which <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Um, Copper and Five is an absolutely ridiculous price. I don't know why Copper and Five is... I think 28 to 1 or something when I last looked of Ruth Cars. Back below the last winning mark, one over the course and distance. Joanna Ride, she gets on with the horse. So I, I absolutely think that I like outrun its odds in the first. Uh, quest for fun. Talking to Julie Camacho having a, a, you know, four winners yesterday. We run her quest for fun. I asked them if we could claim off it, you know, because it's won its last two. I said, let's take some weight off. They were happy to. So if she met Sweeney, takes five pound off quest for fun. I think that's got a massive chance. Um, Grant Chewer, who I love as a trainer, and bless him, I'm happy to say this because he's publicly said it, he was one of the people who knocked it a bit last year. He did, he was. He did, and he said the other day, and he said it again, I think yesterday in an interview, you know, I, I was wrong, it's, you know, awesome prize money, they're competitive races, you know, and he kind of has backtracked, which I think is really big of him, and I really appreciate him doing that for us. Well, I think um, just just to, ju just to jump in there, the key point yeah. there being that um, yeah, I, I know that he's he did an interview with me last year where he felt that he wasn't he hadn't been asked and whether or not you know it, the, yeah. the, the invite got waylaid. I don't know. The key point being this year definitely feels more open to everyone because of the regional nature of it. So that that there feels is still boxed the odd in. Person though, of course, who said they weren't involved and they've not been put, you know, mm. because there always will be because it's someone that's either not put an A forward or again they've missed the boat and then the owners are saying why are we not involved? You know, everybody was asked. And what is it about? Because I know you were very positive about it this last year. You are again this year. What what is it about it you feel that works, Leona? Just the whole thing, you know, the atmosphere, the team thing. Last year, like Newcastle, for example, I spend a lot of time up at Newcastle Racecourse, as you know, and it can be very cold and very dank, and there's no people there. 
I know that these meetings are in the summer, so it is a bit different because you've got nicer weather, etc. But it was literally a sea of those coloured caps everywhere. People asking me, you know, have you got a cap for this? Or can you get us a cap for that? Even the race tech cameramen are saying, can you get me a Yorkshire cap? Or can you get me a North cap already? And I think that's awesome, you know, as in it, it makes it a proper thing. And I've seen a few articles already about uh, an American writer's written saying, why haven't we got this over here? You know, I think, it's a, I think it's a proper thing. I think it's really good. And as I say, the team thing counts for a lot. I know there's a few owners that have said they don't want to take part only because they want to run in their own colours, which I get. But at the same time, you can't have everything. Mm. You want the prize money. We've got to make it, you know, perhaps a gimmick or a something to be able to put that prize money on. And if it's that you don't run in your colours for a few weeks, but you win a fortune in prize money, you know, it's, it's kind of swings and roundabouts. But... Yeah, so Grant really fancies his horse, Emirati Hero. That's got the first time blinkers on. And in the last as well, again, claimed off uh, Jean-Baptiste because that's won its last two. Got a good chance in that race. There's not much pace in it and Jean-Baptiste can make it. So another horse who we take £5 off. And yeah, I, I think we're going to have a big night. Well, Lee, I tell you, genuinely, Leona's got me looking forward to it. And one thing I'm I'm struck by is... is, is how much these managers they're not just there by namely they are they're they're having to put a bit of work in as to who runs where and there does seem a little bit of a bit of needle between them however forced it might be but i think that adds to the spectacle is it for you uh it's not for me no tom but um let let me um let me couch that with a um with another parallel i'm a huge theater fan i would go to an awful lot of shows in a year, maybe 40 or 50 shows a year. But even though I'm a massive theatre fan, I don't want to go and see every show. I look, I can look at West End listings or provincial listings, and there'll be some shows that just would never float my boat. And it's the same with horse racing. We are, you and I, are enormous horse racing fans. We, we do it, we're involved in the sport professionally, but we would be involved in the sport as fans if we weren't involved in it professionally. And yet... There's no reason to believe that everything would excite us both. Uh, and for me, the, the racing league doesn't really particularly excite me. That does not mean that I therefore want it to fail. Um, it's not aimed at people like me. The whole point of the racing league is to try and bring a new audience into the sport. If the racing league can succeed in doing that, then it makes no difference whether I'm a massive fan of it or not. It will have done a great job. Uh, and I hope it succeeds. I think certainly in year two, they have done well by listening to the the criticisms that, that came out of it in year one. And there's no doubt that year one was a disappointing, underwhelming launch. The, the, the team concept that they produced in year one was pretty dire in, in many ways. Um, and I just don't think it took off. Um, the the television audiences and the racecourse audiences were poor in year one um, and they have sought to, to rectify that for year two they managed to get ITV on board and ITV4 will be uh, broadcasting every race from from every fixture with Matt Chapman leading the coverage and there's no that, that Matt will, will give it everything he's got he's also one of the team captains and with with ITV4 and with Sky Sports Racing devoting hours of coverage to it it does have every chance of doing better this year that said um and so I should say as well Tom the the, the change the team structure with the regional teams that's much better as well people can relate 
to, to regional teams. They, they can't relate to Team Swish or whatever you had the, in, in, in year one. I still think it's, it's uh, got an inherent problem in that it is taking away horses from other races. Um, and that isn't helpful to the, the, the wider sport in general. You can argue on one hand, great thing that we've produced or we're getting all these new 50 grand handicaps, and that is a good thing. But if there aren't enough horses to run in them and if you're taking away horses from other races, then that's a problem at the same time. Um, if you look at what we've got tonight, um, I think they will be relatively satisfied with what they've got for the first fixture of year two. But it is the case that with falling declarations and a few non-runners since, only one of the seven races will have the, the 14 runners that they would have wanted. They've got seven regional teams. The idea is that two horses from each team will run in each race. That's not the case on this occasion. Only one of the seven races will have 14 runners. Um, if you look at the, the East team, that's made up of 32 new market trainers. They still didn't manage to get two runners into uh, two of handicaps on tonight's card, which again, I think is symptomatic of the wider problems with the sport. And I think that relative to say, if you look at something like the 100, which is cricket's new uh, new competition, the racing league is in some ways a mirror of that. It's trying to bring new people into the sport. I think if you look at the way the 100 has been marketed and promoted, albeit with a vastly bigger budget, that has that has sold itself for me much better than the racing league has. We look at the racing post front page today. We've got Photoshop jockeys, uh, Photoshop pictures of jockeys on wearing team colours because those actual team coloured pictures weren't available um, yesterday. So I'm sure there's much more they can do with the racing league in terms of really properly marketing it um, and getting it across to people. It will be interesting to see how it goes in, in year two. As I say, Tom, it's not for me, it's not aimed at me, but that doesn't mean... I wouldn't be delighted if it proves to be uh, a great success for the sport. Okay, well, I, I'm going to, I'm at Sandown today, but I, I, I shall be watching um, what I can this evening and, and genuinely trying to, to sort of embrace it for what it is. As, as I have done the Shergar Cup, and I know you have as well, another team competition, which you're pretty positive about, aren't you, Lee? And, and, and we see it as next instalment this weekend. Yeah, and again, the Shergar Cup is... I'm not sure you could say it's a Marmite thing because I think that's too harsh. I think there are some people who don't like it and have never liked it. And as with me with the racing league, there's no reason why we as racing fans have to like everything. But I think if you take the Shogun Cup for what it is, which is a one-day event on our top race course, which is something that the racing league doesn't have. It doesn't have tracks like Ascot um, to sell itself. If you look at the, the Shogun Cup for what it is, I think it's great fun. And I think the the key difference between the Sugar Cup and other team competitions is that international aspect. It is the fact that on Saturday at Ascot, we will see people like Christophe Lemaire, uh, see people like Karen McAvoy competing on a British race course, which but for the Sugar Cup, we wouldn't see. Um, and I think they have got the team angles into it right. I think it's a really fun event. And I think it works great at Ascot who throw the kitchen sink at it. So, yeah, I do enjoy um, the Shergar Cup. I'm not sure I would enjoy it so much if it was a, a five or six week series, if you like, but I think as a one day event, it works great. I've had some, some really fun days um, at Ascot. It will be interesting what sort of crowd they get, Tom. The numbers for the Shergar Cup last year were very disappointing indeed, um, and they were indicative of the 
the wider problems that were going to kick in in the 12 months that have followed. We know how, how poor some attendees on big race days have been. Ascot have actually been one of the, the chief sufferers um, of that. A lot of their days, their numbers haven't been particularly impressive. It will be interesting to see how they get on on Saturday. The weather is, is really good. Um, they have been marketing it heavily. Uh, the, 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 the jockeys are excellent. It looks like Frankie Dottori will be riding there for the first time in a number of years. So there's no reason why it shouldn't succeed in numbers-wise this year. So the attendance that they do get will be, uh, I think, particularly insightful. Well, someone back this year is Emma Jane Wilson, the Canadian rider who's won it before and uh, spoke to her earlier on. She's very excited to be back at Ascot. Oh, it's a fantastic event. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and honoured, as always, to be a part of the Shirt Guard Cup. It, I know Haley has said it many times, it's one of her most favourite events of the year. And I have to admit that it is definitely one of, one of mine as well. OK, so go on. What, what is it about the Shergar Cup that you love? Because over here, it's a really well-attended event. Some of the racing purists can't perhaps get their head around the, the idea of teams, right? Teams in, in horse racing, whatever country you're from, is a is a different concept. So what is it you love about the Shergar Cup? Oh, man, it's just, it's so much fun. And for me, it's, it's a different kind of racing. I mean, coming from Canada, North American racing is definitely uh, similar, obviously. I mean, it's, it's, it is horse racing, but to, uh, to, to, to go over Ascot race course, you know, um, undulating up, up, down. I try to explain to people back home in Canada what it looks like when you stand at the top of the stretch here and, and you look up at the grandstand and it's this steady uphill climb and, and people are just, you know, floored. They can't get their head around that. So, I mean, it's, it's a technical course. It's amazing horses with amazing riders with an atmosphere of of the fans that it's, it's different. It's not... Um, it's not like the Breeders' Cup or your, you know, uh, your Queen's Plate day was a big pressure. Even though those days are what uh, me as a jockey, the competitor, lives for. This has a different uh, sense. It's almost like the All-Star game for the Major League Baseball, you know, where you get a chance to, to play around a little bit and have a little more fun. But yet you're still competitive and every, each and every one of us want to win despite whether we're on the same team or not and why have the girls been so successful in recent years what is it do you think is it the, the gelling as a as a team because from watching on you you guys do seem to really gel as a team and i know you've i think certainly ridden with um you know, i know you've ridden with Haley before and um, holly's had success before so so what is it about the girls team that works Um, well, you know, I'm now going to do something I said I wasn't going to do because you've touched upon it about, you know, uh, the girls team having something to prove or not. Because back seven years ago, I remember interviewing you and I think I did lead in with, 
you know, the the whole idea of female rider and you were right at the top of your game in, in North America and, and perhaps yeah. we hadn't seen so many examples of that over here. I now feel like we're, we're, get, we're at that stage here where we're sort of done with that. Yeah. Holly, Holly Doyle rode a, another uh, group one winner at the weekend and it was, you know, it was... It was about the horse or about back last Thursday, and it wasn't Holly Doyle writes another group on winner. It was Nashua, yeah. and I, I feel we're we're really getting there now. Absolutely, you totally are. I mean, I follow you know uh, British racing quite a bit, and and Holly is absolutely smashing it. But it, you're exactly that. It's it's now transcended into being you know it's no big surprise that a woman can win grade one races. I mean, Haley's done it, multiple grade one winner. Holly's doing it, multiple grade one winner. And that's, you know, here. Whereas at home, I mean, I'm multiple grade one winner. We've got, you know, Chantel Sutherland, multiple grade six winner. You know, Rosie Napravnik, you know, multiple grade one winner. Like, it's, it's so the barriers, the hurdles, the obstacles, the, the history is being knocked down. And, you know, we're, we're writing it and, and we're living it and, you know, we're witness to seeing whether it's baby steps or not. We're, we're starting to make leaps and bounds over here, you know, into it being just about uh, the success of, of the rider uh, and, and not a question of their gender. Where are you um, personally, Emma Jane, with regards to, well, I know you're, you're heading straight back out after the, the Shergar Cup, straight back into the, the thick of it back home, just, just riding away as much as possible, continued success? Absolutely. I mean, we, we as everyone's, uh, sort of had to adapt with the, the pandemic. It was, uh, you know, sort of challenging for us all. Um, at home in Ontario, we were, had two abbreviated seasons the last two years. We didn't get started on time with, with lockdowns and shutdowns. And actually, we got, uh, you know, the first year we got shut down a little early as well. So, uh, unfortunately, the Ontario government couldn't seem to wrap their head around that we were an outdoor sport. <laughs> uh, so, we... Uh, you know, this year's our first full season where, you know, we are back to normal in terms of our time frame. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like to get as many races in as I can. Uh, I, I still strive to be champion at, at home at Woodbine and, you know, sitting fourth in the standings as we speak. So um, don't want to miss too many days and, and keep the momentum rolling. But uh, anytime uh, Nick or Ascot gives me a call, you know, and asks me if I, I, I'd like to come, the answer is always yes, but let me just see what's going on and how we can and work it out. I mean, like I said, the pandemic made our uh, stake schedule, et cetera, very different the last couple of years as well. So it's, uh, it was a little bit of adjustments, but we, we made it work this year, and I'm really excited to compete on the weekend. Another bit of news yesterday, Lee Megan Nichols is no longer riding. She's, she's retiring from the saddle. I, I think... I think, you know, that that was coming, um, given the amount of rides she was having. I, I suppose it's a shame to some extent, because a few years ago, thought she was making, you know, really making a mark in the saddle. One thing she has done is made a mark in the broadcasting ranks since. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's a shame to some extent, Tom. But equally, I think it's always great when a young jockey decides to leave the sport entirely for their own reasons, um, and in perfectly good health. And this is Megan's decision. I think it does, it does make sense because she has showed herself to be an extremely uh, capable, proficient, impressive broadcaster, both on ITV and with racing TV. It's evident that she's good at it and she enjoys doing it as well. Um, she's bringing insight into her contributions on both those channels. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's, in some ways, I think it's great that she can get out at a time of her own choosing. It, it does date me, Tom, because I, I remember um, years ago now doing a, a feature down at Paul Nichols' yard, and I was I was staying the night that night. And I remember having dinner um, around their kitchen table when Megan was so young that she was having a dinner a tea before the adults had theirs and they had like a fish finger and chips type meal then went off to bed and now my god but she'll I, love i hope she's listening she'll love this i hope she is yeah uh but she was just a little girl at that point and, and now she's already a, a retired jockey developing an excellent career in broadcasting so fair play to her we have this weekend the uh, phoenix stakes keelan phoenix stakes looks a, a very strong renewal johnny murter has as i'm doing this just about declared shartash which is uh, good news because i spoke to him a little bit earlier on reflecting first of all on that success in the gain railway stakes yeah he did he did uh, everything right it was a group two he was in there tight i want him much room i love when the gap came the way he quickened up through it um it's a big step up from what looks a very, very competitive Group 1, but he's a Group 2 winner and he deserves his, his place in the race and we'll see how good he is tomorrow because, as I said, it looks it looks the uh, best two-year-old of the year, race of the year so far. Yeah, I mean, it normally is, isn't it? I mean, he, goodness, he, he, he beat the right horses last time, didn't he? The the, the form looks looks as, about as solid as you could get. I take it he's done everything you, you've wanted to since then? He's a very straightforward horse. He's a horse with, with plenty of speed, but he's got a very good temperament. Uh, touch wood, everything's gone according to plan up until this morning. Uh, we've declared him to run now, and we should see what's left in us there at 10.30. But, uh, yeah, he's done everything right. We're really looking forward to the weekend. And, you know, it would be um, to have a two-year-old, to have a two-year-old group two winner is great, but to have two-year-olds running in these kind of races... Especially in Ireland, it's pretty strong over here at the moment. Yeah, I guess in you know in in the colours of His Highness the Aga Khan as well. That extra bit special. It is, yeah. No, we've had, had very good, great, a great look down through the years riding for His Highness, and you know to get the horse was was, was great. And now, as I said, to have a, a two-year-old running a Group One in his colours, it's, it would be special. It would be special to win the race. It's a you know, Keeneland. Um, Phoenix Stakes is a big race in Ireland, it's one of the top two-year-old races of the year, and, you know, up the, up the road in the Curra, it's, it's mm. extra special, so, you know, everything about it is, is special, and let's hope the horse can, can run a big one on Saturday. I guess when it comes to these, these juveniles, Johnny, we're always keen to find out, you know, how good they are at home, what they show at home, whether they're... they're they're setting the the gallops alight, and uh, he went off sixteen to one in a in a Curra maiden and, and ran a really good race. But did you expect him to three starts later be towards the top of the market in a Group One, or has he really surprised you? Our two year olds usually need runs. You know, they usually need a couple of runs to click in. We're not we're not ones. We don't win many two year old races first time out. So, um, did you get better with a bigger race? And this has no different. He, was, he went to the races. He was ready to run. We expected. Him come on from the we were happy with his first run he won his second race and he's a group two winner on his third run so we still think he's coming along you know his highnesses usually take a bit of time to come to themselves and they do get better you know back end two year olds three year olds but I've said before this lad's got a bit of speed he was always one that he only had to show him once he's a quick learner and we're hoping we're hoping he can keep you know he, he probably has to improve 10 pounds from his last run and we're hoping he will. Um, and and you touch on the you know how 
his harnesses often improve with a bit of time, with a bit of distance as well. You say this horse has got speed, but you, you, you must be confident that in time, were, were he to need to, he'll get a bit further. That's not the only top-level action we have this weekend because in the USA we have the Whitney at Saratoga. Todd Patcher has three in the race. Um, I spoke to him earlier on. The, the line could have been a little bit better, so tune your ears in. I started by asking him about his Pegasus winner, who was beaten in Dubai, then won his first start back in the United States. That is top-notcher, life is good. He's trained fantastically. He's, uh, he's always been an exceptional workhorse in the mornings and he's continued that training since his uh, comeback race in the way you know, hopefully having ready to perform at his best. And and what did you make of the comeback race? Todd, happy happy with everything he did? We're very pleased, you know, uh, we met a, a very, very good horse in there in Speaker's Corner, who's just coming off uh, the Cleveland win in the Carter, and uh, so, you know, it was, it was an honest task, and uh, Eddie handled extremely well, and Obviously, it was a, a huge change distance wise, I guess, tempo wise. Was that a concern going into the race at all? To be honest, it really wasn't. I mean, such a, such a natural fast horse that we felt like uh, that was probably an ideal place to come back. And, and do you feel the mile and an eighth of the Whitney is, is his ideal trip off the back of? Um, what happened in Dubai? Well, you know, I, I really don't hold Dubai against him. I think uh, we kind of kept anticipating that the track would, would be tightened up a little bit for the big night. But, you know, one of our concerns before we shipped over was it looked like kind of the entire season the races were run pretty slowly. And, and uh, everyone kept kind of saying, well, you know, we'll have a tight up on a big night. In reality, it was, it, was, it was a very slow track, and I, you know, I think it kind of took away its brilliance a bit and turned it into a, a very long mile and a quarter. So, um, you know, he's only beaten two wings in the end, and, and uh, I just feel like the, the track was, was not to his liking. Outside draw, very happy with that. I know it's not the biggest field. It's not a big field, so we weren't uh, too concerned about post position. It was kind of nice for him to, to not draw the rail. The last couple of starts kind of through the inside and kind of forces your hand a little bit to make sure you secure position. But he, he's, he's naturally quick, and I think he'll, he'll be able to clear, clear a big portion of the field, but not all of them going to the first turn. Mm. Um, American Revolution, Todd, um, is, is he a. Is he only a certain starter if 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 the track goes wet, or or do you think you'll run no matter what? Well, we haven't decided that for sure. He certainly ran really really well on a sloppy track at the Belmont last fall, prior to his win of the Seagar Mile. So he, he would move up in off conditions. Good portion of the field, aside from him, have never really run on a lot of tracks. So you know, that's a bit of an X X factor, but. Uh, we'll, we'll probably make a decision as late as Saturday morning if he runs for sure. Um, you know, if life is good as is on go, then, then we might consider waiting for, for another day with him. But we'll kind of let all the evidence show before we make a decision. Probably the strongest race was in the entire class of last year, going a mile and eighth. And uh, 
this will be his third start off the off the layoff, and uh, definitely made a good move forward in the second start. So should be hopefully his at his best race. And Happy Saver, I suppose, on paper may have a bit to find with those with those um, two horses we mentioned. Is that fair, or, or do you think he can step up? No, I think, I think it is fair. You know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's super consistent. and always shows up. He's always, you know, looking for a piece of it that uh, needs to needs to kind of find his, his refine his best form, if you will. And he's right on the verge of that. Um, Stacked him up in distance in the Met Mile, which is probably a little too sharp for him, but uh, he made a good show in the flight of arm, and hopefully uh, he's the type of horse that if, uh, if the pace were to set up properly, he could, he could come to the run. Do you know, it's, it's it's nice watching on that you're willing to, to race these horses against each other, Todd. You know, you, you've got half the field, but you're, you're happy for them to show up and take each other on. Well, you know, we always take the approach is we've got to do what's best for each individual horse. And we think, in this case, this is the proper, proper spot for, for all three. Okay, Lee, I'll leave it with you to send us home with a winner. Uh, but something else I know you want to mention first. Yeah, I did just want to say, uh, Tom, that very sadly I learned yesterday um, of the death of Dr. Catherine Wills, um, who was someone I, I had had the pleasure and privilege of spending time with through the Martin Wills Racing Writing Awards for Young People, which which Catherine um, had founded and organised for 25 years until 2017, the final year the awards took place, I was a judge in that particular year it was a competition that gave young people a chance to write about a sport that they had a a real interest in and it produced many future stars as well and i know from how much she gave to that uh that competition uh that i thought it showed her generosity her, her kindness of spirit her desire to help others and i thought it was a great reflection on her as a person she was better known for most people as an owner breeder she had tremendous success as an owner breeder continuing her family's involvement in horse racing and it's desperately sad that she's died at just the age of 71 um after uh, a long battle with cancer she was a person who who was a, a real very popular in the horse racing industry and deservedly so yeah, here, here. Very well said, Lee. And where are you looking for a, a selection for avid listeners today? I am looking to the place where you are heading, Tom, uh, to Sandown Park, 745, the Divine Homes Handicap. And a warning, first of all, to people who might be traveling, planning to travel on the road through Oxshot. I believe that is closed at the moment, so, so just frame your journeys with plenty of time but if you are going there to stand down for 745 i suggest backing marley park trainer jim boyle has his horses in really good form at the moment marley park one last time and in what is not particularly red hot handicap at 745 i think marley park might win again lee thank you very much indeed thanks to everyone at home for listening nick will be back in the hot seat tomorrow ahead of a busy weekend bye-bye that was thursday the 4th of august You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.